The True Tone Lounge podcast features audio-only versions of our video interviews. To view those, please visit truetonelounge.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash truetonefx. So, J.D., tell me about this beautiful old Telecaster. Well, you and I, our relationship started with these planks of wood. So uh, this is a 55 all-original Telecaster that is just whooped. And um, I, on this last tour, pulled out my old RS um, uh, that I played all those years with Don Kelly. And a really good friend of mine... uh, he uh, he saw some video of that and he said, "What are you doing playing that again?" You know, and I said, "Well, you know, I just I'm really liking finding where a Telecaster will fit into what we're doing because you know there's so much my history with Telecasters and my love of it, and it's just you know again like I you know much like with the Deluxe Reverb, just trying to find where that could fit in, you know, and actually kind of enhance what we're doing in the group, and so. He said, man, I got a guitar that I think you're going to like. And um, I said, I bet you do. And um, so he sent this up to New York because uh, right in the middle of the last tour, we, we were in New York City for a few days. And uh, so he sent this up to New York. And uh, and I, I, I went and I got it and I set it up and I used it that night. And I love this thing. So, you know. Uh, we have since, uh, we're going to have to work something out because <laughs> this thing is great. And, uh, you know, I, uh, this thing was so, uh, it had sat in somebody's garage. It's from St. Louis. So they say this guitar lived most of its life in St. Louis and it lived in somebody's garage for quite a long time. And, uh, under here was just a mess. Um, the original switch you couldn't even like it was so it was rusted together. So mm-hmm. uh, instead of cleaning it, I just went ahead because it would have taken me forever to get that sucker to work again. Um, I just put a new switch in, and then um, I actually went and hung out with our good friend Tom Bukovac, and um, was I was going to set it up a little bit more properly where I was pay, you know wasn't at a sound check or something, set the pickup heights and so on, and um, we ended up doing the thing where you take the tone control off the neck pickup, which on old guitars like this, you did it to yours, you know, on old guitars like this, a lot of times, or old guitars like this, old Fenders, Telecasters, a lot of times the neck pickup will actually be hotter than the bridge pickup, which is not necessarily a good thing because it can make this sound muddy. And if you get it, and if you back it away from those strings too much, it'll get really thin and it won't sound as good. So uh, taking the tone control off it really helps a lot. And then also what's good about that is, um, you know, the, the treble pickup, um, Vince Gill told me a long time ago how on, it doesn't, it, they can be new too, but on old, on his old telly, he's played forever, how he always has it, the tone control just rolled off just a little bit. And on a good old one like this, that's real stringy and woody sounding, it really does kind of just do it, you know? So I just leave that down just a little bit. And then this is unaffected by that, and uh, it's got a great neck, and and um, I'm really having fun playing it. It's it's been really good. It's really kind of uh, become a you know an every night guitar. Yeah. 
You know? So, so what kind of tunes do you prefer to you know use that use this guitar as opposed to the other ones? On? I like to use this one for. Um, there's a song on our our current record called "Please," which I've gotten in the habit of doing by myself without the band now, and I do, and I use this on that because then in the middle of that song, it's kind of like a soul tune, and then in the middle I'll just play solo guitar mm-hmm. without accompaniment and i'll kind of every night is different but it kind of explore that kind of somewhat of the chicken picking kind of stuff but it's just wherever i end up going that particular night and it's just this really works well for that um there's another song from our current record it's an old elmore james song called uh, stranger's blues that i like using this on um initially i was playing it in standard tuning like it's on the record and then but i wasn't feeling comfortable with it and i it wasn't and then i got it in my mind to put this in an open tuning and capo and kind of do it and play the whole thing with slide and do it kind of in more of a um rye cooter kind of a vein and so i love using this for that because it's 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 you know it it use it it it's you know because i just you know, you and I both could talk about Rod Cooter all day long, but it's like it's that's something that, you know, up to this point, especially with slide guitar, I've really kind of plowed a furrow that, you know, with Dwayne Allman and stuff is a huge influence. But at this particular moment, I'm much, I'm being much more drawn um, to, to 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 tunings and uh, and uh, cleaner um uh, slide sound that's that has more in common with rock hooter or something yeah. um, just because that's something again like where my taste is kind of going in a certain direction so i use it for that and then uh, um there's a ballad from the record called i'll always be around that this playing a slow ballad it's just got this beautiful thing you know it's just really nice and you know i mean you know obviously steve cropper being one of the earliest influences on me, it's been really nice to use this on that. Um, and there's a couple other ones I've used that I use it on because with me it's kind of random. We don't write set lists, and um, we we usually have somewhat of an idea of what we're going to do each night, but it's never the same really. Um, so you know, one night I might play this for half the show. And the next time I only play it for two songs or something, yeah. depending upon what songs we're doing. Or if I'm just really comfortable on the 335 or something like that. Like I also like sometimes I just kind of get like a race car driver. I'm just kind of in the zone and just don't bother me. Why switch? Yeah. Um, but then the other thing we were just talking about is we don't really play a lot of covers in our band. Um, but um, we started... Uh, doing some dylan covers like as a as as an encore and so we've been doing maggie's farm a bit and so of course i play this on that and do the the bloomers or try to do the bloomers uh ge smith thing because that's the other thing you know that's the other thing is you know ge is a a, you know a huge influence too and and well mike was a mike was obviously a huge influence on him but you know when i was a little kid you know GE was the he was the guy man he was you know every Saturday night he'd yeah. be up there with a telly or a 
or a 345 or a Firebird or a Flying V or, and he'd always have that cool, uh, he'd have blonde. The, and yeah. The blonde. Names, yeah, yeah. You know? And, um, and so a lot of this kind of stuff, you know, like, you know, I, I haven't really talked about his influence that much, but you know, he, he was an influence, especially for a nineties kid like me, you yeah. know? So anyway, so I kind of try and do that, you know, when we play some Bob, you know? Yeah. So. Well, cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's hear a bit of this guitar. Sounds good. Okay, JD. Now this is a real 1960 Les Paul. This is a, a burst. Mm -hmm. Now, where in the world did you? How did you end up getting to play this guitar? I don't know. That's it. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It's you know, truth is stranger than fiction. You know, the the guy. There's all these friends I made in the vintage world collectors guys that have been in you know 
And, and a lot of them like to rename, remain anonymous. Yes, and this yeah. one in particular is from yes. Texas. Yes. And he's anonymous. <laughs> and he is known as the anonymous, anonymous Texas, Texas collector. collector. Yes. And, um, and <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's just nuts, man. Some of these guys, you know, here's the thing I will say about this is that most of the friends that I have, which I have many of them now all over the world, like all over Europe, all over this country, that kind of like are in this circle of people who own these, who own, in some cases, own multiples. Yeah. And these are also gentlemen that they might own a couple or many bursts, but then own fenders and this and that and the other. There's some of the most gracious, kind, generous people. And it's actually been really great to be, befriend, be befriended by some of these people because it, it really exemplifies um, that when you're kind of blessed with affluence, how one can choose to be. Mm -hmm. And some of these people in particular, and this gentleman is one of them, not because he gave me this guitar to play, which I'll get into in a minute, but because of the guy that I know he is, because I see what he does, you know, he's a good friend of mine and I see how he conducts himself. And, you know, a lot of these guys do ridiculously generous things and do it anonymously, which is, I think, you know, the lasting lesson there is that, you know, you don't, you don't do something kind for the credit. You do it for the deed itself. And a lot of these guys have, I've seen them just do it. And it just, I mean, it just takes my breath away when I, you know, the, the acts of kind, random acts of kindness I've seen some of these individuals do. So anyway, in regards to this, there was an event for Gibson, uh, a few years ago when they released the Southern rock tribute guitar. Mm -hmm. And I was there with, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of r real stars and real musicians. Uh, and, uh, it was a really, really great night. And the gentleman who owns who owns this, he he was there. He was kind of a, a honored guest. And after the the show was over, which was a great show, uh, um, uh, we all went out to a big dinner afterwards, and uh, at um, the Hermitage Hotel here in Nashville, which is like the really fancy, nice hotel here. So we're sitting down there, all these guys, you know, which a lot of them are friends of mine and other friends of mine that were artists on the show and stuff. And so at one point. Um, he got up from the table and he went and he grabbed this case and he took it over and he goes, Samo, he said, check this out. And, you know, I, even at that time, I'd already seen dozens of real ones and the path of exposure to stuff like this had well begun by that point. Um, and he said, uh, and so I opened the case and I figure, oh, you know, he's showing me the one he brought or whatever, you know? And so I'm looking at it and, um, you know, he explained to me, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I just got it back. You know, Derek trucks had it for the last couple of years and he hadn't really been using it. So, you know, I just got it back. And what do you think of that? And, and I was playing it and going, man, that's really great. You know? And, um, and then he, you know, I, I put it down like, man, that's really cool, man. That's a great guitar. I think, you know? And then he's like, he's like, well, you know, take it. I said, what do you mean, take it? And he said, take it. I said, well, what do you mean by that? What, what, what's that mean? And he just started laughing. He's like, take it and play it, man. Take it and play it. I'm not taking, I brought it for you to take. And I said, 
and I didn't, you know, I mean, I'd had people be nice to me and stuff before, but nothing like, I mean, that was ridiculous. And I didn't really know how to deal with that, <laughs> you know? And so I cried like a little baby and I gave him a big hug and I just, you know, and it's not like he was saying, I'm giving this to you for all of time. And that if you want to turn around and buy a house with it, do it. Yeah. But he was essentially, you know, just saying, take this and play it, you know, and that's it, you know. And so I have. And, you know, I've brought this thing all over the world now, um, you know. Um, and this thing's been everywhere. And a lot of this wear now is for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always gone to him and said, you know, if you want it back, you know, like I'm, you know, I, I don't consider this my guitar at all, you know, but he's been incredibly gracious and, um, you know, it's been the joy of my life getting to not only have access to something like this, but to have form a connection with it and, and make music with it. And more importantly, the greatest gift he's given me in this guitar really is being able to let other people experience it because um you know usually every show there's some you know someone my age or a little younger or whatever that you know i can tell you know you can tell when somebody's into this stuff you know you can get you know and um and so it's really fun to you know be like well here man have a go check it out you know because, you know, at the end of the day, they are just instruments, you know, and things that are worth something are only worth something because we as humans assign value to them, you know. And um, now, granted, you know, I've had the opportunity to play some insanely amazing instruments in my life thus far, which is something I never really thought I would, never really thought about. But in the end, it's what you do with it. You know, and that's the other thing is that exposure to great old instruments. Really, their value lies in the inspiration you get from them, because, you know, uh, something sitting on a stand or, you know, hanging on a wall or whatever, you know, it's like it's only worth something if you do something and do something interesting with it. Yeah. And um that demystification process has been a huge lesson for me too, because, you know, the music comes from somewhere, music, creativity, all that stuff, it comes from somewhere else. It doesn't come from us. You know, we're at best, we're, we're able to receive it. Um, but it, it's comes from somewhere else, like real music, you know, again, like I think that one can learn how to approximate something. Someone can imitate something. But to actually like convey something of that's expressive and real and heartfelt and say something that's comes from somewhere else. And, you know, all an instrument can do is what you use it for, you know, and uh, if something inspires you, then, you know, then it's then it's priceless, you know, mm -hmm. but if it doesn't inspire you, it's worthless. Right. You know, and so. You know, that, and it can, it can be an, an old Les Paul. It could be anything, you know, but it's, it's the inspiration you draw from it in the end, you know. And it just so happens that I think one of the things with older guitars is, um, 
you know, they have stories, you know, they have stories and, um, new instruments can have stories if you use them enough to give them a story. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like, if, you know, like that's one of the things that I, I don't have a lot of, I don't really understand the, the, the concept of, you know, like if you have a rack of new guitars and you're playing a different one, every song or something, and they're all new guitar. It's like, to me, it's like, you have to, you have to connect with it. You know, you have to connect with the thing you're using you know, um, to give it a story or to call from its story initially. So I don't know. I mean, I can go on and on about this, but it's like, you know, good old instruments that especially like, you know, in this case, it's like this thing's got, this thing came from love and generosity and graciousness and all this stuff that I felt very unworthy of and still do. And it's like, so it's like the story of this thing is just positive, you know, that it's, and every time I, pick it up or something it's just it's crazy to me so it's an amazing thing candy is her name great name (laughs) for her yeah red yeah red and that one the telecasts don't have don't have a name i don't really name guitars other people do okay so you know like this one was named when i had it and red just became red because yeah it's red well actually that's not true the first gig I ever played with it, there was this girl in the audience who was wearing a red hooded sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Red hooded sweatshirt. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Anyway, but um, she. Um, uh, anyway, one of the guys in the band was very taken with her and started calling her Little Red Riding Hood or something, you yeah. know, like on the way back. And that was the first gig I ever used red with. It was the first yeah. out of town gig Simo ever did. It was in Bowling Green. So initially, as a joke, it was like, oh, yeah, Little Red Riding Hood. Another thing I'd forgotten. Now yeah. I remember, now that I'm sitting with you. Yeah. So. Well, let's, uh, let's, hear you, <laughs> let's hear you play the burst. Let's, let's do it. Okay.
JD, thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you for sharing uh, your story and about your guitars. Well, thank you for being a good friend all these years, and I'm honored to be here, and thank you because uh, you've been a good pal to me. So, you know, I wish you all could know how good a guy this guy really is because he really is like the best friend I've ever had. So I love you. I love right. you, buddy. Thanks. This has been an audio presentation by TrueTone, TrueTone.com.